What's up, everybody? My name is Lamar Kendrick. Welcome to Street Preacher, Christian Self-Help Podcast. Check me out on LamarKendrick.com. Enjoy the ride. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Lamar coming to you with part four of the series, From Pain to Gain. I want to... Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you uh, haven't heard the first three parts of this series, I recommend that you go back and check them out and, you know, continue to follow me on this because um, this is um, something that I think every Christian need to understand and need to realize and, you know, need to be able to deal with if it comes in our lives or when it comes in our lives. Like I said, this series is on from pain to gain. And what it is is, you know, we go through a great deal of pain in our life and that pain comes in different ways and we have to be able to deal with it and we have to be able to overcome it. And yeah, that sounds easy, but it's not. I mean, we have emotions, we have thoughts and because we have emotion, we have thoughts, it, it, things get to us and they affect us and it, it's, it can be damaging to us and, and I understand that, and I'm sure you understand that, and definitely God understand that. But we have to be able to come through that pain to get to the gain that we need to get to in our lives. Because if we can't get to the gain of our lives, then everybody that we're supposed to help, we can't help. All the things that we're supposed to do, we won't do. So... As much as we do experience pain, and we do, and all of us do that, you know, we all experience pain. There's nobody in this world who don't experience some form of pain or another. We have to be able to get through it. And the way we get through it is through God. God doing things for us while we're in that pain so that we can overcome it. He will never leave us in that pain. That's just not something that he do. And he will never cause that pain to be on us. But he will find a way for us to overcome that pain. And in this situation, as I said before, Ruth and Naomi was in a great deal of pain. And we just need to put ourselves in their shoes to understand how they must have felt or the things that they was thinking in their head during that time where they were experiencing such pain. To understand it and to be able to really embrace it. But in all that, they still made moves to get themselves out of the situation, which is to get themselves out of the situation of pain. And that's difficult to do when you're in it. But it's still necessary that we do it. Because we can lose our life to our pain. We can lose our minds to our pain. We can lose our health to our pain if we allow ourselves to lose it. Now, is it going to be easy? No, but it's necessary. So since it's necessary, then we have to be able to do it. So today, we're going to be dealing with the game part. The last two and a half parts of the sharing or the sessions, we have dealt with the pain and what it is and how you feel and what it does to you and what it can do do to others. But now we're going to start dealing with the gang because I want to show us 
how God is always in these situations, working it out to where we don't have to stay in this pain, but there's a door that we can open up and go through that will get us out of pain and lead us into gain. So this is where we at right now. And this is where we was in um, part three of this um, series. So I want to continue that right now. So before we get started, I want to say a word of prayer and then I'm going to go right into it. Thank you, Father, for your words and how they continue to comfort us and how they continue to help us and how they continue to teach us and how they continue to show us what we need to see in whatever situation that we're in to become victorious in that situation based on your word. Thank you, Father, for this. In the name of your beloved son, Jesus Christ, amen. So I want everybody to turn to the book of Ruth where we left off at, and you're going to start with verse 10. We're going to recap verse 10 because we read verse 10 in the last series, but we're going to start off with this and continue from there. Um, The situation is where even though they don't know what moves they're making, but the move that they're making is to be beneficial to them, they're making moves that God needed them to make. I'm talking about Naomi and Ruth. And because they are making moves to benefit them, each other, they're in a situation and they're in a situation where they are being blessed by someone. And the reason why they are being blessed because they are making moves, the move that they're making are not selfish moves. When Naomi told Ruth and Orpha to go back to her family, their family, that wasn't selfish. That was selfless because she could have said, hey, stay with me. I need you. But it was a selfless move. When Ruth made the move to stay with Naomi, that was a selfless move because she could have said, well, hey, it'd be better with my mom and my dad. So I'm going to go back to them. So I want everybody to understand that God works with us when we're making moves that's selfless, not selfish. So we have to understand these two people right now are not making selfish moves. They're making selfless moves. They're thinking about each other. And because they think about each other, they can't be thinking about themselves in the way that it becomes selfish. So because they're in that frame of mind, God is already starting the process of blessing them and, and working the situation out to where they can get from their pain into the gaining part of their life. So Noah, Ruth is in this field and she's gleaming. And this man come and he... You know, talk to her and he makes sure that she, you know, are blessed in what she's gleaming and that his people is helping her and everything. And it blows her mind like it should blow her mind, you know, because when he's doing that for her, it's like when God is doing something for us. And if it's not blowing our mind, then we need to think about it because it should. Because God is a mind blowing God and he blows our mind. And he was blowing her mind because he was doing for stuff for her, not even knowing her. And that blew her mind. And that threw her. And she had to find a way to understand what was going on. How was she being blessed in this situation? So in verse 11, he let her know why she's being blessed in a situation. Just like God let us know why we are being blessed in a situation. And in verse 11, this is Boaz talking to Ruth after she asked him the question, why are you doing this for me? And he says, and Boaz answered and said unto her, it hath fully been shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thy husband and how thou hast left thy father 
and thy mother and the land of thy native and are coming to a people which thou knewest not henceforth. So he said, I've learned so much about you and everything I learned about you is good. Everything I learned about you up to this point is selfless. It's not selfish. Everything I learned about you, you're doing the best you can to take care of your mother-in-law in her time of pain. That's what I've learned about you. That piques my interest. That makes me want to do something good for you. So to answer your question, that is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing for you. But that's not the only reason. Because in verse 12, he says, The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. So he's saying, God is with you. I know that you have had some hard times. And I know that it's been difficult for you. And I know that you guys have had some time of pain. But I want you to know that God is with you. And God got me doing my part to help you. Because of what you have done. Because of your selfless act, God has introduced us to each other. For I can do what I'm supposed to do for you. To help you, because I honor what you're doing with your mother-in-law. I respect what you're doing with your mother-in-law. And I'm going to do my part to help you take care of your mother-in-law. You know, because you trusted in our God. You believe in our God. Even though that's not your God. So I respect that, and I honor that. And I'm going to do my part to make sure that you are blessed in this situation. So I want you to see that this is God talking to Ruth. Through Boaz. It's not just Boaz talking to Ruth, but it's God talking to Ruth through Boaz. Just like God used people to talk to us. Like he might use your mom or your dad. He might use your husband or your wife. He may use your friend. He may use your co-worker. He may use the person you're in a relationship with. He may use a person on the street that you just walking by. But he will use somebody to let you know that he's noticing you. And he knows it when you're sad. He knows it when you're mad. He knows it when you're happy. And he's there to help you in these situations. He's there to magnify you in these situations. So I want you guys to really understand that God is saying, I see you. And I see what you do. And this is why these things are happening for you. So, so. I'm going to answer your question and let you know why I'm doing what I'm doing. So it's important to understand that God sees us and he honors the work that we do. He honors our heart. You know, so if he see our heart and that he see our heart is to bless, he see that our heart is to help. He see our heart is to serve him. He says that our heart is to make a positive difference in this world. He honors that. And he sees us. And because he sees us, he's going to bless us. And he's going to bless everybody around because Ruth's whole focus was to bless Naomi. Naomi's focus 
was to bless Ruth. Boaz focus was to bless Ruth for Ruth can bless Naomi. So if you look at this triangle, everybody in the triangle is trying to bless somebody else and they're not so much thinking about themselves. And that's how God's work. If God is involved in it, everybody's going to be blessed. It's not going to just be that one person that's blessed. It can be that if it's two people in the situation, it's going to be two people that's blessed. If God has anything to do with it, if it's five people in the situation, then five people are going to be blessed. If God has anything to do with it, and if it's a hundred people in a situation, a hundred people is going to be blessed if God has anything to do with it, because that's how God works. So I want us to understand that God see us. It's no different than you going to get coffee every morning and you get two cups of coffee and you get a cup of coffee yourself and you walk in and you see somebody sitting down on the street and you give them a cup of coffee. You do this every day. Every day. Every day. And somebody brings to your attention, hey, I know what you've been doing every day. I sit in this window every day and I see you doing this and you're a good person and I want to do this for you. I want to buy you a cup of coffee. Now, you're not doing it for them to buy you a cup of coffee. You're doing it because it will bless your heart to bless somebody else. And because you're doing it because of that reason, they do something to bless you. Well, that's the same situation that's going on here. So I want us to understand that this is how we're supposed to live our lives too. We're supposed to live our life seeking to bless others and not just bless ourselves. And God will bless us if our heart is to bless others. So it's really important to understand that. So the whole situation is that you know, did he tell her what he's doing it for? So he allowed her to continue to go and gleam and, and gather stuff and do all these things and, and really get abundance of stuff for he can take for she can take her family and so forth. And uh, let me go here. Let me go right here. So now we're gonna start with verse 18. After she gleaned and she got all the stuff that boys wanted her to have and she understands the situation a little bit better. And, you know, she's starting to see things a little bit clearer. So, like I said, God revealed himself slowly but surely. And now they start to see how God is revealing himself in this situation. And um, verse 18, and she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. Verse 19, and her mother-in-law said unto her, where has thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she saw her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. Okay, so she showed what she had and she told how she got it, and she told the name of the person who she got it from. And let's go to verse um, 20. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left his kindness to the living and to the dead. Let's stop there. Now, we realize from verse 1, I mean chapter 1 and chapter 2, because all this stuff that happened to Naomi, she was like, man, God ain't with me. God forgot about me. God ain't taking care of me. That's where we were. 
That's what she was mentally. That's what she felt. That's what she thought. Now in verse 2. I'm sorry. Chapter 2 verse 20. It's a whole turnaround. Because see. God is revealing himself. And the more he reveals himself. The more we can see. Or the more we let go of the pain. The more we can see God revealing himself. So what can stop us. From seeing God revealing himself. Is if we holding on to the pain. Because if we holding on to the pain. That's all we can see is the pain. But if we let go of the pain. Or once we start letting go of the pain. We start seeing how God is revealing himself to us. And the same way Naomi. Is seeing God reveal himself to her. By her letting go of the pain. The same way we also will see God. Revealing himself to us. As we let go of the pain. And I'm going to just read this again. It says, And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who have not left off his kindness to the living or to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near, kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. So can you imagine her excitement? No, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, what she said? It's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can you believe this? That's how it sounded. It sounded just like that because she was blown away. Once again, I tell you, God is in the business of blowing our minds. He blew Ruth's mind with what Boaz was doing to her, or doing for her, and now he's blowing Naomi's mind in what he's doing for her. So just imagine how mind-blowing this is to realize that the person who's helping your daughter-in-law is kidding you. So, we're going to go from there. We'll go to chapter 3. So, now that Naomi knows this information, she needs to do something to help Ruth become more, even more visible to Boaz. To pique Boaz's interest even more. To become more attractive to Boaz, but not so much in a physical way, but in a way, uh, in an inner way, to where he see her true qualities even more. So she tells Naomi, Naomi, Naomi tell Ruth to do certain things to catch Boaz's attention even more. And we're going to go down to verse 5. After Naomi tell Ruth all the things that she needed to do to catch Boaz's attention, in verse 5 it said, and she said, and this is Ruth saying it, and she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. So, I want us to stop for a second and think about how this is working out. God need us to be obedient to her. Uh, sorry, to him. And he need us to trust him. And Ruth is already showing these qualities. The obedience that she's showing to her mom is the obedience that she's showing to God. The trust that she's showing towards her mom is the trust that she's showing towards God. If you do not move through the pain, you're not going to see God. If you don't be obedient, you're not going to see God. If 
you don't trust, you're not going to see God. So it's important to understand they're doing the thing. Whether they know that they're doing this or not, they're doing the thing that it takes to see God. And because they're doing the thing that it takes to see God, they are seeing God. And the more you see God, the more you want to see God. The more God help you, the more God, you want God to help you. The more God is getting you out your pain, the more you want to come out of your pain. So all this stuff is connected together. So it's important. So, you know, she do everything that her mother tell her to do. And she do it the way her mother tell her to do it. And because she do it the way that her mother tell her to do it, um, let me go, let me find it. Where is it at? And verse 9. And she she does what he told her to do. I'm sorry, it's not verse 9. Verse 10. So who does she does everything that her mother told her to do to get Boaz's attention even more. And oh I'm sorry, I want to read this because this is important. I'm gonna jump back real quick. I'm sorry. Um chapter three, verse one it said, Then Naomi her then Naomi, her mother in law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? So Naomi seeking rest is to give somebody stability. To help them have stability, to give them a place to call their home, to help their lives to be better. So that's what I was telling you before, where the whole process is this triangle is everybody blessing everybody else. Naomi is trying to find a way to bless her daughter in law. Her daughter in law is finding a way to bless her mother. Boaz is finding a way to bless Ruth and Naomi. So this whole triangle is. Not focus on themselves, but focus on others. And Naomi is trying to find a way to bless her daughter. So she tells her daughter what to do to help her develop the relationship with this man. And the relationship can turn into a marriage. You know, so this is what she's doing. So after Ruth does all that, in verse 10, Boaz said, and he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast shown more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. And so much as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And what is he saying there? What he is saying there is that you had your pick of people. And you could have went all kind of ways to get what you wanted. But you chose the honorable way to go. I mean, that also piques my attraction to you. That also piqued my interest in you because of how you're doing things. So up to this point, everything you have done has been honorable and respectful. You know? And who wouldn't want a person like that? Who, Which woman wouldn't want a man like that? Which man wouldn't want a woman like that? You know? So, in verse 11, it says, And now, my daughter... Fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people do know that thou art a virtuous woman. So, he know everything he need to know about Ruth. Everything he need to know. She ain't trying to be this, she ain't trying to be that, she ain't trying to be shady, she ain't trying to be slick. She up front and she letting them know where she coming from. And 
the way that they let people know in their customs or how they let people know where they're coming from. And because of that, he respect that and he's going to do for it. Now, the situation is that he's going to stay because Boaz is an honorable man, too. Ruth is a virtuous woman, but Boaz also is an honorable man. So he like, hey, I want to take care of you, but you have another kinsman that have um, first choice in this matter if they want to take care of you. So I'm going to go and talk to this kinsman, and if they want to take care of you, then I'm going to back out of it. Even though I'm cool with you and I like you and I'm attracted to you and I really like to be with you, I'm going to back out the situation and let them fulfill their obligation because... Like in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it was like if a wife would lose her husband, then the next of kin would marry her and fulfill those obligations that the husband was going to feel to her. So they want to keep everything up and up and respectable and honorable. So this is what they was going through at that time. So he's like, I'm going to talk to this man. And if he want to take care of that responsibility, then so be it. But if he don't take care of it, he choose not to, and that's his choice to not take care of it, then I'll take care of it. So what I want you guys to see is how God is maneuvering the situation until it works out. You know, he he putting everything together the way it works out. So next um, series or next podcast, part five of this five-point part series, which I thought was going to be a four-part series, we're going to discuss the finalization of taking care of Naomi and Ruth. So thank you, Father, for your words and how it comforts us and how it builds us up and how it keeps us strong. Thank you, Father, for all you do for us in a day's time and a lifetime. Thank you, Father, for always taking care of us. In the name of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, amen.